what I have done and what I have failed to do. These are the words recited in the prayer, I confess, that is sometimes recited for the penitential rite, the beginning of Mass. When we stand before Almighty God, we stand before our brothers and sisters in Christ of this community, and we stand before ourselves proclaiming that we are indeed in need of God's mercy. We are sinners. And we ask for forgiveness for things that we failed to do. As we end this liturgical year, the church turns our minds and our hearts to the words of Christ concerning the end of time. And we hear today Jesus' depiction of the final judgment in terms of a shepherd separating the sheep from the goats. And let's recall how Jesus begins this segment. He says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be assembled before him. What an image, right? The royalty and the splendor and the magnificence of such an event, the second coming of Christ. He has his hosts of angels accompanying him. He sits on this glorious throne and all people, peoples gather around him. But this son of man who comes like a king is also a shepherd. He's a shepherd who separates the sheep from the goats. The sheep are placed on his right, the goats on his left. Where does Jesus get this image from? Straight from our first reading. We're in the prophet Ezekiel. We hear God speak to all of us. He says, as for you, my sheep, says the Lord God, I will judge between one sheep and another, between rams and goats. And that God himself will come and he will separate the sheep from the goats. An interesting observation to be made is that the sheep on the right, called the righteous, enter into the kingdom precisely because of their good deeds, especially to the poor. While on the other hand, the goats on the left, they're cast into the eternal fire for what they failed to do. For what I have done and for what I failed to do. You see, there's often this notion especially in Christianity, that if I do bad things, then I won't go to heaven. But something much deeper, something much more profound is being presented by Christ to us today. You see, the punishment of eternal fire, of hell, that lasting separation from God, is due to sins of omission for what we fail to do. Failing to do good when it presents itself to us. But it's not just that they fail to act in general, no. Rather, it's due to the fact that they fail to do it for the king himself, for the shepherd himself. They fail to do it for their king. And this king, the shepherd, is not like any others. This king who comes on a glorious throne has his company and hosts of angels with him, who comes at the end of time in all his glory. It is he who identifies himself with the poor and the lowly. This glorious king identifies himself with those in need, those 
in want. Not only that, but he puts a condition on entering the kingdom of God that you must love him and those people. In short, our Lord is saying this. Whenever you fail to love your neighbor, especially the poor and the lowly, those who are hungry and thirsty, those who have no home or place to live, those who are in prison, those who are sick, and those who are strangers among you, you failed to love me. It is me that you left hungry and thirsty. It is me that went without clothes or shelter. It is me you did not visit in prison or in the hospital or who was sick. It is me, your king, your shepherd, who you did not welcome when I was a stranger among you. What I have done and what I have failed to do. You see, this failure, though, to love our neighbor as we ought has a deeper issue at hand because ultimately it is our failure to enthrone Jesus as the king of our life. Who is the shepherd of our souls? Is it the Lord that's the shepherd of your soul? Is it God himself? It was God himself who prophesied many years before the coming of Christ that he would himself pasture his sheep. He would himself give them rest. He himself would seek out the lost, bring back the stray, bind up the injured, and heal the sick. He himself would rescue his sheep from every place, it says in the scriptures, on a day that is full of clouds and darkness. The cloudy and dark day, my brothers, is what we call Good Friday, when the good shepherd laid down his life for his sheep. The cloudy and dark day when the king allowed himself to be put under trial, condemned by the people. The king of kings did not choose to adorn himself with gold or silver or elaborate jewels, rather adorned his body with scars as he was beaten and scourged. By his wounds we are healed. He did not choose to be vested with royal garments fit for a king, but wore a filthy, dirty, purple cloak and given a rod to hold at his staff. He did not choose to wear a crown with diamonds or delightful decoration, but chose a crown of thorns, piercing his head. The king did not receive a royal procession, guarded by his disciples, his army, but was abandoned by them and took the procession of a condemned criminal. He did not desire to sit high as he was carried upon a glorious throne. Rather, he fell three times and rose every single one of them. And he did not take a glorious throne, beautiful, majestic, but he mounted the throne of the altar of the cross where he was lifted up, but where he began to truly reign. You see, Jesus does not rule as a dictator, as we spoke about last week. But he is a king of love, a king of mercy. And we do not celebrate this feast of Christ the King because we celebrate being subject, subjugated to a king and a ruler and a dictator, a tyrant. But rather, we celebrate this feast as Christ the King because we've been freed from slavery to sin. 
And we celebrate that Christ truly reigns now. My brothers and sisters, do we not see so much tragedy and suffering in our world? And so I ask, do you want to see Christ reign in this world? Are you fed up with the tragedy of human suffering caused by humanity itself? Are you sick and tired of seeing the enemy of souls reigning through hate and violence? Are you sorrowed by the ways families are divided and broken? Are you sad that peace does not prevail in our nations? If so, if we want this to change, Jesus Christ must first reign in our hearts. And he must first reign in every single aspect of our life. In the words of St. Jose Maria Escriva, Christ should reign first and foremost in our soul. But how would we reply if he asked us this question? How do I go about letting you reign, Lord, in my life? I would reply that I need lots of your grace. And only that way can my every heartbeat and every breath, my least intense look, my most ordinary word, my most basic feeling, be transformed into a Hosanna to Christ my King. Who or what reigns on the throne of your heart? You see, as humans, we will serve someone or something. Who or what is it? Is there someone or something that takes the place of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? If he doesn't have, he doesn't have the place of honor in the very depths of our being, then how do we expect to honor him in the poor and in the lowly, in those most in need? If the, phrase, if the face of Christ is not that we, which we look upon as King of our hearts, how do we expect to see his face in those that are poor and in need? What I have done and what I have failed to do. Christians, disciples of Jesus Christ, you who are gathered here and to myself, let us not fail to enthrone Christ upon the throne of our hearts. For if we fail in this task, my brothers and sisters, we will fail in loving our neighbor. It's inevitable. We will fail to love the ones who are in need, the one whom the King of Kings identifies himself with. And if we fail to love our neighbor, we fail to love Christ. And if that's the case, ultimately we failed our King twice. Oh Jesus, you are the king of the universe. Be the king of our hearts.